Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're talking about Season 7, Episode 6, titled, This is the one that makes you swear off of Walking Dead for good, right? Yeah, this is the one that just makes you swear and throw controllers and at your TV. Uh, I mean, one of the worst episodes in modern Walking Dead history. Easily. I mean, when Easily. I think historically bad episodes, I think of Vatos. Uh, I think of... Uh, uh-huh. I, I and I'm and that actually might be called Teletu to Frogs. I'm not really sure. Uh, I think of the there was season... one called Vatos. Oh, okay, yeah. good. Uh, I think of the season three uh, finale. Mm-hmm. Um, although that was m- terrible, mostly because of the implication for next season, the fact that they're going to continue to draw out a storyline beyond the, pi- the its point of viability. Uh-huh. This is just bad in construction. It was bad in acting. Bad it's... in execution. It's yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. I hated this episode, top to the bottom. In the middle of the live watch, I realized I'm not even having fun cracking jokes on this thing. It's right. so bad. Yeah, I mean, I tried to keep it brief. I mean, I had fun cracking jokes on it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. There were a couple of good ones. Uh, halfway through, I was like, okay, this is what this is. I'm just going to go for it. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know, man. Like, it, it, And increasingly, I have been saying that I don't understand why the writers don't have the chops to pull off a multi-threaded storyline, and now I think it's this is increasingly yet another budget screw. Because why do you say that? You can cut down on you know paying people and appearances and keep their episodes counts low and manage this big cast. Like this is a perfectly fine storyline, and we there was a couple of important takeaways, uh, which I'm sure will be you know important later on. Mm-hmm. And this would be a lot easier to take if it was over the course of three or four or five weeks. You know, you got five or ten minutes of it at a time in, a, in an episode if it's the B or C plot. But, uh-huh. you know, if if you, you only had one, I guess, two main cast members in this and they're like the guest stars and you're keeping Andrew Lincoln and all the other guys off the payroll. I don't know if that's true. This this is a Walking Dead conspiracy theory. Right. But I just I don't know, man. I It wasn't good. Well, I can tell you that they are – so, okay, in some ways what I'm about to say, th- this idea is admirable. In other ways, it's a real shitty way to run the most popular show on television. Right. They have hired, yet again, directors and writers who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. The The guy who directed this episode mm-hmm. has only ever directed Walking Dead episodes. Mm-hmm. Seven of them, I think. Okay. So he's he's got some experience at least at this point. Would you call that experience? <laughs> I mean, the, I don't know what his other episodes his are. Other but yeah, episodes no, aren't sure. terrible. They're not sure. on this level, but this one he just I don't know. He fell on his face. I I didn't like the directing. And there, I thought no, it was terrible. There's a lot there. of things where like like some of the reaction shots, like Heath shooting one thing, and like literally the actor had no idea what what to do and yeah. how to emote what was supposed to happen and you should have been like cut 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 okay um i like what you did here but we need to figure out something so this is an awkward transition i almost think that like it probably was a really shit show and maybe it was partially saved in editing because there maybe. was a couple of shots and, and and everyone that wasn't heath and tara was mm-hmm. so far below replacement value acting chops and ability uh-huh. in my opinion 
Right. But there again, it's it's hard to it's hard to suss out what is the writing, what's the direction, and what's yeah. the acting. I don't want to fucking bag on these actors. Do you know they're getting the chance of a lifetime, and I'm sure we're going to see more of them later. But damn. Well, I mean, ultimately, you know, the director is the weight has the weight of the responsibility yeah. of that final. He's the guy looking at the that this, final what he's getting. Thing. He's the guy looking at what he's getting and saying this is good enough. Right. Uh, or we and need... when you promote a, a camera operator slash electrical guy. Uh huh. To director and right. just let him loose. I I feel like you get what you get, and yeah. this is what we got. And I Do like we throw. A I, fit? I don't want to say I like. I don't want to call that guy just terrible human being. Like he's right. he's learning. He's trying to figure it out. Right. But maybe this is not the show to figure sure. it out on. When you are making billions of dollars and you have seventeen million people a week tuning in, been- maybe don't run. The camera guy up to director and say, here you go. Especially now that they have a minor league team, Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, Franchise that shit, man. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. And the, the thing is, is, just conceptually, the whole all women, all woman, female. It's like, tropey. It, it's, it's, just, it's like we were making jokes like this is essentially a Star Trek The Next Generation episode. Riker visits the the, the planet vi- the, that's <laughs> ran by the females. Right. And, and they, they want to kill him or, right. or they can't tolerate that he's talking or and then, something and then like the, that. And then the zombie fake out with Heath. Uh-huh. Like it's so ridiculous to have a character as distinguished as him. You know, uh, both by the fact that he's black, the fact he's got a very distinctive hairstyle, the right. fact that every other fucking zombie on that bridge is covered in sand. Uh-huh. And this fresh as a daisy <laughs> zombie woman who has Heath's hairstyle happens right. to be like, I mean, come on, man. This is and they're just doing this more and more. This this fake out, this baity shit. For yeah. what purpose? I, I I don't know. For, for they think it's gonna be fun, right? And they're uh, laying and, in like a lot of stuff, like like you know, Tara's got this mysterious tattoo that everybody's talking about, and okay. what the hell does the the card PPP mean? I mean, mm-hmm. do I care? None of this stuff seems like it has any relevance you before can't, this episode. Yeah, and you can't just engage me with introducing clues to a mystery right. if if nothing else about the episode is satisfactory. Right? Even. If it, if it's below the average. Walking Dead episode, which is not that high a bar right. to hit. Right. If your Rubik's Cube is covered in razor blades and <laughs> right. rusty nails, I'm not going to pick it up and start twisting it, man. No way. Yeah, I, I was really And that's not even the worst thing they did with Heath, is have this fake out. Look, like, yet again, they're going to the well of... We can't be mean to people. We have to. We oh, have to survive start- somehow. Oh wait, no, we can be mean. We need to be mean. Yeah. It's the only way you survive. This bullshit is played out, yeah, and I don't care if it's seasons a, ago. Yes, I don't care if it's a new character who's just now coming to grips with sure, it. I don't want to see it. It's perfectly natural for an Alexandrian to be having these reactions, but Jesus Christ, we've we seen, as an audience don't need to see it. This isn't even the times. first Alexandrian we've seen have no, this conversation. It's not. So every single one is going to happen. And then finally, the other fatal flaw of this episode is the setup from the last episode. Carl and Jesus sneaking into the Savior's comp and is is exciting right. as fuck. Yeah. Like, I was genuinely pumped, and then they dropped me with Tara washing up on a fucking beach. Get the fuck out of here with this shit. <laughs> Get out. No, I, I, I've... Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm pretty low. I'm... <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna try to get. Th- I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to get through this without repeating myself as much as possible, and okay. try to make a funny, as funny a podcast as possible. <laughs> and then, surely to Christ, next week with only what two episodes left to go, yeah, we'll get into uh, what's going on with the Savior's Complex, or maybe, maybe that is be a cliffhanger for next season. Maybe, 
God, that'd be the worst, wouldn't it? Because we still. The other thing is like when we were walking out of the studio last night after live watch, I'm like, well, at least they collapsed. You know, the gangs back together. Like this is one la- less split off from the group that we have to track. And you're like, no, Heath mm-hmm. is still in the wind. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. You're yeah, right. Heath is still out there somewhere. <sighs> dropping key cards and doing sure. lawn jobs. Sure. And, th- th- you know, that's the other thing. People are, like, speculating, what could it be? Is it a, is it a reference to point-to-point protocol? Is it No, no, no it's point not. Point-to-point <laughs> protocol? No, are they setting the internet back up? Dude, I know. I know. Well, actually, PPP would... That, that wouldn't be so much of an internet. Right. It I would be Maybe a point-to-point be. connection. Anyway, fuck it. Uh, should we get to the recap? Yeah, please. Uh, we in we we start the episode on uh, Tara washing the shore. Uh, there's some women off screen talking about rehabilitating teddy bears and killing waterlogged zombies. And there's a little a little girl who's very proud to be dispatching them with one shot. Yeah, with a little homemade spear. Good for you. Uh, this a woman. Uh, this girl finds another bobber. They're calling the the, the regional regional flavor for zombies here is bobber. Yep. Uh, but it's not a bobber. It's Tara. And they have a debate about whether they should or not. The little girl's all about it. Not only should she, she wants to. I I can't. Like, this is where I get on the writers. This is on you, you fucking writers. Yeah. I'm going to read a chunk of actual dialogue from this show. Words that were spoken on the screen. Yeah, I know where you're going with Here this. Here it is. We still got to do it. We don't have to do it. Yes, we do. No, we don't. We're supposed to. I want to. I don't, so we won't. Are you going to tell me? Are, are you going to tell? Just tell me if you're going to tell. I'm not a snitch, but I'm not going to help. This is Judy Bloom Tales of a Fourth Grade yeah, yeah. bullshit. And I get it. They're kids talking. There's like a, an older One teenager. of them is not. Eh. One of them is old enough to know better than to speak these words. Right. No. But again, I, I get it. It's kids. But that's why writing <sighs> for kids and directing with kids and all that stuff is so challenging because it's very hard to make it seem natural it's i mean terrible. i need go i hate it every somebody needs to lock the writer and director in the room and make him watch stranger things 20 yes. times yes that's how kids talk thank you that's how kids in well-written dramas talk right i should say anyway uh yeah and after that she says fuck this teddy bear uh then cindy who we understand is the older woman and the only one that i kind of bothered learning the name of uh, drags Tara up the beach, no doubt in ban- uh, embedding at least 500 pounds of sand up her ass crack. You don't – if you ever have to drag my ass on the beach and I'm mm-hmm. wearing jeans or any kind of thing with a waistband, drag me by the feet. Yeah, don't don't use nice. my waistband as a, uh, as a ram scoop <laughs> for every particle of sand on the goddamn beach. And you know there's sticks and rocks and it's not even crabs. just sand. Yeah, crabs for sure. Uh, Fish bones. Yo, fish bones. I didn't even think and of that. Guts. Uh, uh, not good. Jellyfish. Yep. So she drags her above the waterline, which was nice. And then we flash. But and this is the other thing. Speaking of played out, Walking Dead flash forwarding on the cold open. Yeah. Stop it. Really. Stop it. Wait, are they flash forwarding or are they flash backing when they do the Heath and Tara stuff? I mean, I'm actually not sure. It's a it's equal that's parts. True. That's true. Uh, so Heath and Tara have been out for two weeks, and they've gone further than they should, and Heath's got a really dour view of this scavenging shit, because apparently in two weeks of scavenging, they found eight cans of okra and a bottle of aspirin. Rusty cans. I f- find that personally very hard to believe that you've been driving around for two weeks, and that's all. I mean, that is the definition. Like, you should, you've eaten more food than you found. Yep. You're, you're, I mean, this... 
this is this is the kind of shit that got on my nerve with Battlestar Galactica. It's like the the writers are like, oh, we want to make sure people know they're desperate. I know. Let's have these fighter pilots been up for one million hours on nonstop sorties because that's real desperation. No, that's insane beyond any kind of human limits and endurance. And like, keep it reasonable, man. Hmm. Like, like this whole conversation would have a whole different tone if Heath has been like, you realize we've eaten at least ten times more than we found. Yeah. For a bottle of aspirin, this is like we and and we burnt gas and it's just, I, I it's I just, the opposite of fruitful. And there's also the idea that they said they were coming back in two weeks, right? And the town is depending on that, and right. they like they are not expecting them to necessarily find anything, right? But they are expecting them to come back, and they sure. could be counting on that in ways that they don't know because they've been out of the loop for two weeks. You need yeah. to go back. Like, what if uh, Rick is planning on, like, the, you know, uh, hey, at least half of the shipment for the next Saviors thing is going to come, like, you know, t- it's it's going to come in. And, like, if you come in with eight cans of ochre and a bottle of aspirin, the other thing is, like, this society is not sustainable. Like, the scavenge-based society, it's all, right. like, apparently it's played out. You can ride yeah. around an RV for two fucking weeks and find nothing yep. on the east fucking coast. Yeah, but Alexandrians... Like, gas, yes. All the gas in, in the world is gone. Sure. Okay. You got shitty diesel and vegetable, but but like that's that's a thing. But like the fact you can't find canned foods or medicine or ammo in mm-hmm. America two years after an apocalypse. I, that if that's the if that's the storyline, then this savior thing is not going to work. You know, you can't you just can't scavenge that much. Is that is that what you're well, trying to tell us? Well, I think with the saviors, they're trying to just subjugate towns or communities that will actually produce for them, not right. necessarily scavenge, but like actually produce farm the earth mm. uh make things so they're going away from a scavenge base to an actual agrarian society yeah or at some like point that. there's got to be a transition and i yeah, think you're they're right. doing that all right it's just mm. yeah the the time has come to stop the scavenging runs i'm right? just saying like if if two adults spent two weeks out in the field and all they had is yeah. eight cans of okra and a bottle of aspirin i'd have kicked their ass it's like you should have come back day three of finding nothing right and come up with a different plan because this is just you just you wasted so much shit and mm-hmm. completely unaccounted for. Anyway, it's true. the other thing is, how far away is this Oceanside place? Away because from... it's like a two week drive, but an eight hour walk or a, a couple days walk. How long was Tara walking back? Uh, probably a long time, I imagine. So how far? How far into the future have At least we gone? Overnight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it just, I don't, the geography of this place seems fucked. Yeah. I mean, they definitely didn't, like, drive in a straight line away from Alexandria. So Sure, but two weeks been, of driving anywhere You'd is be like, pretty far away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, this thing just seemed, like, well, ill thought out. Anyway, uh, Heath has a big fit where, because he's thinking, why do I care about people back at home relying on me when we killed a bunch of people that needed to be killed? And this yeah. is this is just I I I'm not even gonna talk about it. No, it's, it's we talked about it a hundred times. Yep, and there'll be at least two more conversations like this before the episode's over. <laughs> yep. Uh, we see Tara's tattoo. Uh, do you want to talk about that a bit? It's the Roman numerals twenty six, thirteen, twenty two, and nine. And I have no. Cl- and there's also a, at least one more line of it. And I have no idea what it means. There's been people thinking know. it means something in Proverbs about. Uh, Feeding people and lions in the road, which fine, I guess that could fit Negan and the look scavenging for food, but I don't know why you put a tattoo on a character's 
arm for that kind of It's got to be something more important to her. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it also could mean, what is, uh, 26, so that'd be Z3, some, I don't know. Like, it could respond to some letters. It's like Z-I-O-G or something, but what the hell does that mean? Oh, wait, you don't know what Ziog is? Ziog? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Isn't that a god they worshipped in uh, that one Sean Connery movie where he wore... <laughs> Zardoz. Where he wore where he wore bikini briefs and, and thigh high boots. Yeah, it is. Ziog. <laughs> okay. Zardoz and Ziog. She's just a big Ziog fan. Oh yeah. Uh Cindy comes back and checks on her and gives her water and a bag of supplies with a spear. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay, yeah. She's still on the beach. Yep. Not at the compound yet. Uh Tara's faking being asleep. She yep. comes she wakes up, takes a swig of water, unwraps disgusting fish that Cindy left her, and thus enraged, springs into action to follow her back to her camp. Yeah. Where she finds this creepy kind of swamp camp, which we I come to understand is some kind of R V or camping community. Oceanside motor park or something. Oh, right. Right. Uh, and she overhears women talking about their equally fruitless scavenging trips. There's children playing. Uh, we slowly realize it's an all-female camp. They're well-organized, ludicrously well-armed. Mm-hmm. Like, they have so many fucking guns and ammo for people that left their community with nothing but the shirts on their back. Like, these women yeah. have found the fucking National Guard armory or something. Right. One of the two important takeaways, I'm sure. These women, yep. super well-armed. I mean, especially when Rosita's asking about it at right. the end of the episode. Right. Yeah, let's point to it maybe a little more. Beg the plot a little little harder. <laughs> right. Uh, so Tara discovers they're being well-armed when they open fire on her. Uh, it must be said these women are terrible shots. Yeah, all of this, it, like, they are horrible like, shots. I haven't seen yeah. this bad a shooting since the fucking terminus folks and mm. that was a ploy that was a deliberate hurting of people into <laughs> right i mean they were intentionally missing the shots this was just terrible yeah. michonne michonne was a pretty bad shot michonne's a pretty bad shot but she's a sword girl but that's the thing she's, like, a, she's a she's not a ranged attacker she's melee only right and these people are not fighters i mean all of their fighters were massacred by negan so you know that i i will grant them maybe they're bad shots okay but what i can't what I can't abide is this. Normally, I would like this, but in an episode so shitty, mm-hmm. it really stands out as maybe you don't want to point to the shittiness of it by essentially creating a 70s torture porn cannibal movie here. Like this, to the extent that they did a pull zoom. Uh-huh. You know what that is? Uh-huh. You remember the shot in this episode where Tara's looking through the trees and it zooms out from oh, her yeah, face so and it shows the face is sitting there. That is a shot I haven't seen since 1988. And directors <laughs> have been fired in the interim for trying it. And this show did it and it was terrible. Uh, that's how they did. That's also the Negan reveal when he's like, Jesus Christ, look at this place. And they zoom out like it's an Austin. Like I, I said, yeah. it's an Austin Powers. Yes. Okay. So th- that's a thing now that they do apparently. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, anyway. Uh, and how did she get spotted? I don't know. They do not make that clear. Th- right, which is on the director. And that's one of the one of the many reasons. Like, he doesn't connect the story pieces well enough. Very muddy action. Where is she running? Where is she going? What's the layout of the town? No, yeah. n- no nothing spatially uh, grounded at all. I rewound, like, five times trying to figure out how she got spotted. No, she didn't. And I, I mean, couldn't. Yeah, I, they just have a sixth sense, I guess, for fist bumps in the area. Yeah. Uh, so sh- there's a shotgun-wielding woman that Tara disarms and butts in the face rather than killing her. The little teddy bear rejector takes her at gunpoint, then Cindy saves her for a second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we go flash back to the past or flash. Well, they all stand around menacingly. Or, maybe, maybe. Why isn't she just cut down? By, I mean, I guess because Cindy jumped in there. Right. So, uh, what's her name? Rachel, the little girl. I don't. I mean, the teddy bear rejector is what I call her. <laughs> I think her name's Rachel. Uh, so, yeah, she should have definitely killed her instead of saying, "I got to do it." Uh, she was pretty gung ho early on. Yeah, I don't know. My my interactions with ten year olds is they're a bunch of fucking impulse control yeah. junkies. Like if they're just if you, if you said it's okay to kill a person and they wanted to kill a person, then the very first chance they get to kill a person, they're gonna take it. Yep, they're gonna take it. And maybe they don't fire. My theory is that they don't fire because they realize that they're in a terrible firing position, <laughs> and that the crossfire would likely kill right. at least half of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe don't stand around in a circle if you want to hold somebody at gunpoint. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so Heath and Tara come to some kind of fucking mess on a bridge. Now, I do think a bridge is actually a pretty dope idea for a hideout in a post-zombie apocalypse until you until the people start becoming a threat. Because you, yeah, you, yeah. you can't avoid the fact that you're on some sort of crossroads, literally. Mm-hmm. You're on a road that crosses something that people need to drive on. True. But for zombie defense and like lines of sight, it's a pretty good idea. However... This is one of the very many zombie set pieces that makes no fucking sense at all. Let's try and figure out what what, what it is. Here, first of all, why are dump trucks backed up ass-to-ass dumping a pile of sand that is somehow twice the height of the trucks themselves? Does well, the walk, does did, that make sense if you have two trucks? No. Did, did, did the sand slam together into some kind of wave yeah. and form a mountain? Like some Depends kind of on how much tectonics? momentum it has. I, do, do, I mean, like, yeah, do you're you guys, right. Do you guys not know how piles of sand work? Yeah. They spread out. <laughs> yeah. If you dump if you dump a pile of sand out of a wheelbarrow, the resulting uh. pile is not twice as high as the fucking <laughs> wheelbarrow. Okay? It just is not. Yep. Uh but uh So what is the thing? Did So were the zombies already on the bridge and they dumped the sand on top of them to cover them? I don't know. As a preventative measure or as as a last resort. But or there were, so were the many... zombies in the sand already in the trucks and this is a weapon? Were they, or this is a booby trap for later? Like they took over the bridge and then they said "fuck this bridge" and put a bunch of zombies in the sand on it. I don't know. Heath's saying they were in Apocalypse the middle of some litter. project, but I mean, I don't know what that project could possibly be because you're right. Like the fact, I, I can't think of a scenario where there'd be that many zombies trapped in the sand. Maybe where, they were turning it into a beach. Maybe what? they missed the beach so much <laughs> that they were like, "This bridge needs but to be sandy." But how did the zombies? And and like yeah. later on, when the tarp falls down, there was like a hundred zombies in that pile of sand. Yeah, I don't. It's 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 so stupid. It is so stupid. I I I I don't understand it. Also, like if you're if they dump the sand to try to kill the zombies, Heath discovers like a pile of spent shells. Yeah. Like, did you literally shoot the zombies a thousand times? Decide it wasn't working, and then decide to back up the trucks and dump sand on them. Maybe they weren't zombies at first. Maybe they gunned them down, not shooting them in the heads, and then dumped sand on their bodies as a booby trap <laughs> or as a, a warning to would-be I, I think it was a ritual bridge sacrifice. Campers. You know, the only thing that makes sense is if these people pissed off the saviors and the yeah. saviors forced them into a, a huddle right. and then dumped... Gunned and, them all down. No, no or, or, and, and then, then dumped, dumped sand, sand on them. On them. Yeah. Okay, that does kind of make sense, except for the twice-as-height sand pile. Oh, right. Physics but, be damned on this show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tara finds a big bag stuck in the sand, and she starts pulling it as Heath discovers the shit ton of empty bullet casings and 
the whole improbably stacked pile of sand comes sliding down on them, lightly covering their legs. Yeah. And then they pretend to struggle for a good 45 seconds. While the director yells, struggle! Yes. Struggle! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tara, I mean, the Sandwalkers are pretty dope. They all look really they cool and really skeletal cool. and desiccated and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, mummified zombies. And I like how they come apart, too. Like, yeah. You stab one of those things, and they're kind of they're a little gooey on the inside, but yeah. the outside just comes right like a, off. Like a dried coconut husk. Yep. Uh, it's just a really silly conceit. And Terry gets overrun, and Heath is like, I'm out, and he runs away. <laughs> right. Which doesn't make any sense because the next time, we, in, taking into account the next time we see them, but yeah. whatever. Tara drops the the gun uh-huh. with the the Negan carving in it, the bat, Lucille. Mm. Do you think there's any chance they find this and realize that there are more Alexandrians out there? Probably, because the only place those guns would come from is that raid on the satellite, right? And location. it's gonna, you know, I mean, bad things are gonna happen to Oceanside. Um, yeah, I would think so. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to happen, but yeah, I mean, it, it seems like what they want us to think is that somehow Oceanside is going to be brought into the, the fold. Oh, at Alexandria? Yeah. Like that fold? I mean, that's what they're trying to set up, although Tara would have to break her promise, which she seems improbably likely to keep. I don't know. So uh, far, yeah. So the leader of the group comes in. Her name's Tanya, and she's got Shotgun and some other woman uh, flanking her. And she asks if Tara needs to use the bathroom before they get started. Which, it takes like three minutes, so right. no, they I'm got good. A, they got a chain to a radiator locked in a cabin, and they there's bells twinkling, and they explain they have six of them plus an air horn, and it's designed to bamboozle zombies somehow? I didn't understand any of this, what? and Tara seems to get it immediately. I know, and she's like, oh, clever. I'm like, yeah. why do you have a bell in the town if they're designed to stra- distract zombies? Is there... Is and the also, air Tara horn says, like something... what about the air horn? Had, did we ever actually hear the air horn go off? I was didn't that hear cut? an air horn, but is it possible that like the air horn was at the compound that the saviors were at at the satellite location? And well, why would Tara make that connection at this point? I, I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm not going to spend any more time thinking about. Yeah, this I couldn't figure did, it out so. either. Sorry. Uh, they hand wave it away by the fact that the dead are drawn to bells, and we're lucky this area is fairly clear because mm-hmm. barges and evacuations and shit. Uh, Tara lies. Maybe about- the air horn is part of the evacuation. Maybe, maybe they're firing off air horns to tell people to get out two years after the apocalypse <laughs> starts. <laughs> sure. Yeah, they're they're the last vanguard of the evacuation staff. Yeah. Uh, Tara lies about her past and friend, because uh, that's what you do, and she's quickly found out by claiming that her fishing boat is a larder. Um, that's weird that you test someone's knowledge of fishing boats by giving a multiple choice question and only one of the cha- the choices are incorrect. Right. Like, 66% of the time she could have picked either trawler or was it the other, a, a Sienner, which Something I think like is, a, is, a tra- is essentially a, a boat that pulls a big net. And she could have had a 66% chance of, you know, succeeding the knowledge check. Maybe this is, like, the first in a long series of multiple choice, like, 55 sure, multiple yeah, choice questions. Yeah, she just failed the first one. Yeah. Or maybe this is just a D&D campaign that Eugene is, you know, the, she, he's, he's uh, game mastering. This is all, none of this is actually happening. Yeah, she just did a fishing check and just rolled a natural <laughs> one on it. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, she explains how she served aboard a fishing boat larder, 
uh, got separated from her. And that's the thing. is like, if you're going to make up a lie, why not make up a lie? Like, she wanted to be a cop. She was like a, a cop trainee, right? She was a – she flunked out of the academy or something because right. she couldn't shoot in the head or something. I, I don't mm-hmm. know what her exact backstory was. But, like, wouldn't she – why wouldn't she say she's a beat cop from Atlanta? Because she could make all kinds of details up about Atlanta and about police – uh, procedure and probably be pretty correct. Like, oh, yeah. why jump to fish, fisherman when you're from Atlanta? What kind of fishing goes on in fucking Atlanta? <laughs> right. This just doesn't make any goddamn sense, man. Or how about something so obscure that no one would possibly have any information about it? Like, I'm a, I own a snowmobile dealership in Atlanta. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, really? How's how are sales? Terrible. Yeah, They're terrible. Awful. We sell one a year, and it's from some guy driving from Minnesota to get a deal. Yep. Uh, anyway, she gets knocked off a bridge and explains that the current drug her to the beach, which I'd have to see how this water system all well, works. Well, she fought but... the current, is what she says. Oh, she fought the current yeah. and exhausted her, and she managed not to drown. Yeah, and ended up in Chesapeake Bay or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway... Uh, Tanya says, unfortunately, we can't let you go because you know too much. We actually usually shoot strangers on sight, but since you spared the shotgun woman and my granddaughter is crazy for you, what are we going to do? Right. I don't know. I'm on so pin- I'm letting I'm on her have her way, needles. even though I everyone in this camp firmly disagrees, and it would erode the very foundation of our existence at this point, but I'm going to let it slide this time and do what my granddaughter wants, just because. If we come back what to Oceanside fuck? and Cindy has not been executed for being a traitor, yeah. then what the fuck? I, I don't understand it. Like, if you're so gung-ho about this philosophy... I get it's your granddaughter, but here's the thing. Like, if you don't enforce justice, you would be deposed, and then they'd both put you up against the wall. Like, right. if this... Te- if this town is this traumatized and this paranoid about strangers and xenophobic that's exactly what would happen i sure i don't know fuck it to sh- whatever uh so they invited it over to dinner for like fish stew or something they have a conversation about cindy's mom and the little girl and doing it for the first time and i don't give a shit about any of that stuff how hard it is to be a good shot and a pacifist in this world because you just don't know what it's like jim <laughs> you don't know what's like to be able to pull the trigger it's been a while since i've heard that one but uh yeah uh, and then the beach women make a play to recruit Tara. Uh, they explain they had to run in, but they have to explain about how hardcore they are because they had to run into another group and they killed all of her men. And after that, they left their old homes with just the clothes in their back and a fucking armory. And they vowed to stay hidden and kill anyone that found them. Yeah. Uh, so let me, let me throw one okay. niblet of praise here to the walking dead. And I think, it's barely earned, just barely. Yeah. But they did twist up the trope of, you know, this compound of women by not making it all, you know, the choice of the women, right? Sure. Like, they, they they hate men, and they right. they don't want any in their comp. No, it was just, well, all their fighters were dudes, and Negan came through and killed them all. Right. Uh, that, that makes fine sense. Based and on the makeup of our up. group, that seems pretty regressive and sexist, but whatever. Right, right. Sure, but... You know, Negan is those things Negan, in and a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah, this, you know, Negan does have that quote-unquote benevolent sexism. I'd almost right, buy right. the fact that he would leave a whole shit ton of women in a village armed to the teeth because of yeah. that same that, that that same kind of sexism he's got going on. Right. But, I, I do think they found the guns afterward, but that's just yeah. a tiny bit of praise. And I do, you know, they've done a lot with Tara in recent years as as of the last, like, year or two maybe right specifically last season um 
to make her more likable, to make mm-hmm. her more interesting to us. I thought the whole relationship with Denise was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and and her personality does still shine through, even in shitty episodes like this. Sure. There are a couple of moments in this where she had me, gave me a slight chuckle. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is one of them. You know, I never thought I'd be asking this, but where are all the men? Uh-huh. That's pretty good. Sure. That's a pretty good line. And then she also has, like, the line when she's standing in the circle of guns going, or we can just do this. We can keep doing this. No, not a problem. Yeah. Just a couple of ones that give me a small chuckle, but the rest of this, oh, it's, it's Well, she makes painful. the, she goes back to the larder boat joke. That's where uh-huh. it's like, yeah, like some of the other stuff is kind of cute and chuckle worthy, but uh-huh. that was pretty dumb. <laughs> uh, so she says, hey, you know, uh, the, Tanya says, so we've, we talked about us. Now you got to come clean about your lying, that you're not on a boat. What's your real deal? And she goes, hey, we actually have this place called Alexandria and it's pretty sweet. Uh, and we found the satellite outpost, and we totally murdered a whole bunch of people, so we totally get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of significant glances being uh, shared amongst the beach women uh, about this satellite outpost, but Tanya says that we can send some scouts out to their community and escort you and help you find your friend and then see where things go from there. But Cindy can't go because she wouldn't be down with murdering you. This I don't understand. Okay. Why? They've clearly... Well, I think it's clear. So, in the next scene where she goes up, she notices, hey, there's a knife behind me, and she walks up to that zombie and then tries to run. Uh-huh. I can't tell if they shoot her because she tries to run or because this is all the plan from the beginning. I think it's the plan from the beginning. But they don't do a great job. And I don't know how you do that, because I, I also could see The Walking Dead making this crystal clear, and everyone's mugging for the camp, you know, and, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, take but, her to escort her friend, you know. That's the whole thing. They don't need to do this. They're in a community full of people who have no problem killing on sight anybody but they who don't comes wanna, up they to don't their community. Bother, uh, they don't want to upset Cindy. They, she wants who to maintain... Who cares? This Cindy is the anomaly. Clearly. Everyone else should be like, why are we Why are we humoring Cindy? Agreed. I don't know why Tanya is in charge. She seems like a pretty wishy-washy... I, I believe it's Natanya. Natanya? Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Because you're right. Like This community of traumatized people would be like, what the fuck? We shoot on site, no exceptions. I mean, unless this is a top-down philosophy that the group doesn't go along with, but the kid, like Rachel, certainly yeah, does. She's in, in, and all the others seem like the shotgunner seems like it's uh, yeah. totally something that should happen, and I don't know. Um, but we'll get... There's there's a lot more inconsistencies with this as we mm-hmm. go. Uh, so, anyway... Uh, at outside, as they're about to escort her to Heath or to help her find Heath, uh, she's making this pitch about people getting together, and this is how the world is going to be again. And I think at this point we find out this place is called Oceanside because we see the sign at the uh, for the park entrance. Uh, Tara goes in for a fist bump with Tanya, and Tanya says, paper covers rock, bitch! <laughs> and kind of goes for an awkward <laughs> shake. <laughs> she sure does. If she had put out scissors... She sure, would have got yeah. to leave, no what problem. Are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, Teddy Bear Girl spits at Tara's feet, and Tara flips her to bird. Pretty awesome. peace among worlds. Like the attitude, Tara. Uh, we walk past a big-ass bell, which I still don't understand what they're for. Tara slowly realizes they're not going to escort her back to Alexandria when a shotgun pulls... I think it's shotgun. Maybe it's the other one. That pulls a knife and oh. looks like... At Tara, like, oh, how do I stick this thing into you? What's what's what? yeah, staring her down. Not exactly sure how this is going to go down, but it's going to be bad for you. And Tara says, "I'll do it," and kind of hilariously awkwardly. And then she mm-hmm. runs. 
and these girls follow with the guns. And Tara running through the woods is high comedy. Is it? Because her boobs are going everywhere. It's yeah. She's it's like I I almost feel bad for trying to run. And I'm not saying I don't want to make this about like oh like how big her boobs are. I'm just saying like if I'm running from you. Uh-huh. And there's a third-party disinterested observer saying, I wonder who's going to win this race. I think 99% of people would bet you because you're the thinner, lither, quicker-looking one, and I'm this big, lumbering thing. Right. Like, she is being chased by what looks like – I mean, they could be marathoners for all I know. Sure. I'm sure. just saying I'm going to bet on the, the, the you know, the, the more horsepower per pound. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it's just hilarious. And then I also like the fact that when she finally gets a chance to stop, she sucks wind for like five minutes straight. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. Anyway, uh, Tara slips and slides down a hill. She ambushes the shotgunner again. She needs to be fired from her job, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they briefly stug- struggle for a gun and a knife. Uh, shotgun finally gets her, ironically, at rifle point. Tara begins to beg for her life, and Shotgun explains about the saviors and how they are so fucked out of Alexandria, which is frustrating because we know all this. Yeah. This is old news. Tara's just getting with the times, which is essentially the last final act of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, they reveal that they killed every man and boy over 10. Very Genghis Khan of them. Um, Cindy comes out f- flying out of the woods and waylays Shotgun woman and tells Tara to get lost. This is ridiculous. Because as soon – every scene that they show before and after this, they very clearly have everyone crunch, crunch, crunching through the forest uh-huh. like you should in autumn. But Cindy's able to stealth attack. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know they do this all the time, but mm-hmm. this is especially egregious that essentially Cindy comes flying in, body tackling the saver three times in a single episode. And and were you sent out here to kill this person or not? Right. This is why I – this is why I question whether or not they were, because she doesn't just pull the trigger here. She delivers this long soliloquy about... I understand about... that it's hard, and that's one of the plot points, is that it's very hard to kill people, like, you know, if you don't have to. Uh, but on the other hand, this is two and a half, three years into zombie apocalypse. Everyone's had to kill somebody. And, 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 yeah. and, and didn't we say two seasons ago, after we got through Alexandria, that this is the last society that we're going to accept... Right, that is got yeah. this kind of fucking country bumpkin view of the sanctity of life. Right, like no more. You can't find another fucking community that has a problem killing, or they've mm-hmm. been wiped out. We found in yet another community that has a problem with killing, and they make it a point to say everybody's killed people here. I know, like this is not something new to them. They're not struggling with the, girls are... the first time killing someone. Yeah, they've done it before. Just kill her and be done with it. Go back to your community. Yeah. The longer you stay out here, the more chance of you getting found. So go back. Uh, so Cindy, at this point, bothers to hold Tara at gunpoint. And even Tara in-universe is like, get the fuck out of here. You've saved me now for, like, the fourth time. There's no way you're pulling the trigger. Right. <laughs> and Cindy ludicrously demands that she swear mm-hmm. on, I guess, pain of death to not yeah. reveal the secrets of the Wu-Tang Clan? What What the <laughs> hell? What the hell, man? I get that she's I only 16 no years old and doesn't know how the world works, but what the hell? It, I, the writers gave up at this point. If Tara is evil, yeah. she says, I promise, and I come back with an army and, and, mm-hmm. and kill you. Yeah. If she's not evil, she, I mean, like, it's it's just, I don't, I don't understand why you would have this kind of dilemma, swear. Yeah, I mean... What are the other options here? Kill her. Yeah. 
what she's not going to do. Right. She's it's clear that she's not, not going to do that. The only way she might kill is if Tara says, I'm evil, I'm totally evil, right. and I'm coming back with an army. Do That's the think, only way she gets shot in this scenario. Do you think in this moment, if she doesn't swear, does she get shot? No, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so, no. I don't think so either. It feels like a bluff to me. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they have this long talk about... Uh, you know, Tara's like, why would I come back? And she's like, why would anyone do anything? Well, you all think you have to, but you don't. And nobody's evil. They just decided to forget who they were. And this is the problem with absolute pacifism, right? It always loses to anyone that's willing to fight for yeah. whatever viewpoint. Uh, this is the struggle that Morgan has had yes. for a while now. And he has come to the conclusion of, yeah, maybe I was wrong about that. Uh huh. And I get it that it's a 16-year-old girl this could be a perfectly realistic character. It's just this is yeah. like the eighth person like this I've seen in seven seasons. And stop it. Yeah. Stop it. This is not interesting anymore. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I don't even, I don't understand as they're, as they're sitting at the typewriters writing it, how they don't themselves. Like, I, we just we can't go back to the, oh, you don't know what it's like out there anymore. Well, you can't. It's not even that well. It's Shane and Rick season one well, man. Yeah. This has been going on literally since day this is an two old well. of of this the is an show. Old, dry, pumped out, zombie infested well that they just need to to not go back to. And, and sometimes they're able to to smooth it over with a decent episode, with a decent structure, right? Yep. This time it's so glaringly obvious because there's nothing else to cover. They're it asking with. Tara, a C grade character at best. Mm-hmm. That only became interesting because we kind of sort of like Denise. Right. To carry an entire episode with no other main cast except for Heath himself, a C-grade actor. Yep. Not actor, sorry. Character. Character. Yep. And then they throw this bullshit on top of it. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, I, I just know that if Cindy... So, so Cindy takes her to the bridge after Tara says, I guess, unironically, I swear... Uh, she takes it to the bridge, and again, if this if this show has any stakes or any idea of how to tell a story, Cindy has to be dead the next time they go back to Oceanside. Right. There's no fucking way she's not put then on again, trial and condemned. Nobody died for Daryl's insolence either. So yeah, what do you want? Uh, so they get back to the bridge, and Tara's going to run across, and Cindy's going to cover her. Uh, the which other and, and, and Cindy says the other women know where we're going and they're not far behind, which, yeah, actually, I'm kind of surprised they're not here already. Mm-hmm. And Tara asks her, why aren't you like the rest of them? And then Cindy says, why aren't you? And then Tara's like, OK, then fist bump. You just literally 30 seconds ago had a big argument about how you guys are different in the way you view the world uh-huh. and the people in it. And they're almost irreconcilably so. Maybe that's the point. Maybe it's like, well, to each their own. See ya. I mean, did did Cindy grow as a character? Did she? Did 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 Tara win that debate? Like this, well, these two conversations well, back to back make no sense. If she won that debate, wouldn't Cindy kill her? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Don't so, you have to kill people? They both end up walking through the bridge. Things go wrong. Uh, Cindy gets grabbed by a car walker. There's literally like a million more zombies behind some fucking tarp. They jump up on cars for some reason. Uh, Tara fights her way through the crowd while Cindy shoots the walkers. And Tara is surprised every single time this happens. Like yeah. three walkers get shot in the head and Tara mugs for the camera like, what, 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 what? <laughs> every single time it happens. Directing fail, editing fail. 
Yeah. Uh, Cindy runs out of ammo, which is nice to know characters can do in this mm-hmm. show. Cindy also could teach Michonne a thing or two. <laughs> she, she's laying flat on the top of that. Sure. She knows how to shoot. Using her elbows as tripods. Yeah, yep. good job. Yep. Uh, and we flash back to Heath and Tara. Heath comes, like, we just saw Heath fuck off. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back in, fires a single shot, and he's out of ammo. Uh, he gets overrun to the acting and the staging and the direction on this scene are terrible. Yep. Terrible. These sand, zomb- sand zombies are literally all over Tara. Mm-hmm. There's like four of them with their arms around her, and she's just, bo- she's just essentially shifting back from one foot to the other, having a long <laughs> conversation with Heath, who is in the same exact situation. Yeah. Until she eventually falls over backwards off the bridge. Neither one of them get bit, apparently. Uh, yep. Yeah, so there's – so, so, so Tara flashbacks, I think this is, like, in her mind. This is actually happening. Uh, and then we see a relatively fresh-looking Heath zombie mixed in with the Sand People, which we already talked about how ridiculous that is. Mm-hmm. There's out to be a lady zombie. Tara is aware that the two women are taking Cindy back, but they don't yeah. give a shit about tracking Tara down, who's an existential threat to their community. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? How long did, until- did Cindy say she died in the zombies? They just took her word for it? <laughs> They can't. She already said they know me. I know. They'll know I if know. I'm lying. They actually went over this scenario. Like, yeah. in what scenario did these women not fly across the bridge with have, arm to the teeth and do Tara in? I this one, the one where the writers don't know how to complete the story effectively. How long until Tara goes back though? Decides, you know what? I can't leave Cindy back there. She's probably being tortured and and maybe Never. murdered. Never. She's you don't just think gonna, ever? She, she didn't swear to rescue her from the consequence of her own actions. She rescued. <laughs> she swore not to tell her the, the secrets of the Oceanside. Right, but she could go back herself and try and save Cindy. I think she's going to feel bad about it. Go to we'll save see. Cindy. We'll see. Okay. Uh, I feel like Cindy's going to be the like somehow the new leader of the community the next time we see <laughs> her, and they're going to forge an alliance, and all this is going to be bridged under water, and mm-hmm. who cares? Uh, anyway, uh, Tara finds Heath's glasses and then tracks from a vehicle he probably took and the hundreds of zombies that were just teaming behind her are suddenly no longer a problem. Mm-hmm. She finds a security card that reads PPP. Um, the best theory that I saw about this, which is nice, but it doesn't make any sense, is that this was a nod to Alana Masterson's starring role in the 2011 movie, uh, Peach Plum Pear. Okay, but what, what does, does it have, have to do, do with, with The Heath? Walking Dead and and her knowing that Heath is okay and a clue to his like I'm I'm assuming this is going to be of importance later, but, but there it's... is no information that I can possibly think of that I could find on the internet or that I could find on Reddit that says that there's any kind of like hint of what's to come. That's that's fine, I guess. I guess I don't know. Uh, it it was very confusing. It's but it's because it seemed like that it had significance to her. Yeah, because she picks it up. It's like maybe this is you. I hope this is you. I mean, another theory I saw is that this is like you know because we saw like uh, Daryl and a bunch of the other of the Savior Hazing Committee having like letters on there, and maybe this is a key card for all the peas. Uh, but what? But who cares? Like, so did the Saviors take Heath hostage? Right. And he's going to, I mean, I guess it would make sense for him to bump into Daryl, but we already have so Why many Why not just of- write P on the card? Right. As opposed to three Ps? What right. if they get a fourth P prisoner? What if they lose a P prisoner? Sure. Now you got a fucking useless card with three Ps on it, and you only got two Ps in the prison. Right. Well, now you're fucked. What, do you, what is that key even for? <laughs> for the P-Ps. <laughs> anyway, maybe that's the P-P pants. 
That's where you hold the people. Where yeah, pee pants survive the pee, pee pants. <laughs> pee pee pants time. I don't know. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, so Tara scavenges and sleeps in gift shops with bells. So I guess even though she's just barely on the outskirts of Oceanside, that they're not too worried about tracking her down. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's kind of sort of hounded or harassed by zombies, but not really. The soundtrack playing under this is like a cover band warming up and tuning their instruments <laughs> for a show. Like this is like a house sound, right? You <laughs> this know? is like explosions in the sky fell into a pile of their instruments. <laughs> It's like <laughs> they're tr- like like a, someone filled a ball pit of their instruments. They uh-huh. fell into it and they're trying to like scrabble <laughs> up the sides. No, and... it's like walkers in a pit of instruments <laughs> with explosions in the sky trying to scrabble out. Oh man! <laughs> uh, Tara makes a bunch of faces as she eats her pickled hair- fish. And mm-hmm. if I were thirteen, I'd make a hilarious joke about that. Uh, yep. She also finds a shell bracelet in her care pack, which makes her smile for some reason. Yep. Uh, she then bops up to Alexandria wearing a pair of uh, colorful novelty sunglasses and finds Eugene guarding the place. But that's good not look. the worst part. The worst part is she finds out Denise is dead. Off screen, off camera. Off camera. Yep. She's she's playing this all with a be- very flat effect. And she's got a cool bubble, bobblehead doll of Denise, which I didn't know existed. Of I Denise? Think cool. I think it looks like Denise. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, isn't that it's, supposed it's to be? It's the most Denise looking of the bobbleheads that were there. <laughs> Uh, she she picked it up and I guess was going to give it to Denise when she got back, right? Oh, was like, that that's a nice deal? little touch, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I like that. She she comes back. Yeah, Denise to town, had the orange crush and she had the bobblehead. Yep. Of uh, okay, nice nice save there. But she's she's not there. And Rosita says, uh, "We don't have to take this laying down. Did you find any guns or ammo? Do you have any leads?" And uh, Tara says, "I didn't see anything like that." You know how much effort. And With time. a smile on her face, I. Why would she keep the promise? Why would she not tell? Uh, she's I mean, a very. She believes in promises because well, strongly. I mean, I think that the way Tara sees is working out is. She tells the group. The group goes to get the guns. The Oceanside people fight back. A lot of people, good people, on both sides are going to die, and for what? Like. I think the stuff that Heath and Cindy were saying is supposed to give us that opinion, but I just I don't know. Like, isn't Tara a promise girl? Isn't she? Didn't, doesn't she like pinky swear or some shit to Denise? Like, come, you're gonna come back, right? Or something? So she takes promises seriously. I think she takes promises seriously. Okay. I think the show has established that, but I can't remember when or. I mean, I take promises I might be misremembering too, that. but I, I work in a universe where the rule of law and social compact is observed, and yeah. you know, your word actually means something in a post-apocalyptic society where. You know, you only get what you can take and all that. I don't don't know about the value of promises and believing them. But anyway, we're done with this episode. This was terrible. And I probably got some things wrong. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Like if I got a single understanding thing wrong, I watched this thing two and a half times and it's one and a half more than it deserved. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure if I miss something important the next time I see Oceanside, there'll be a previously on that's going to explain it all. So. Whatever, man. So, uh, one you're more. You're here for the jokes at this point, or I don't know what much. you're listening for. One more quick question for you. It may may or may not be quick. Uh, so, we've talked a lot about, you know, how this show has a tendency to do these one-offs and waste a lot of time, or or not even waste a lot of time, but just spend a lot of time before coming back to something that's really important. Uh-huh. Denise and Tara, for instance. Right. Uh, it's been now almost an entire half season Probably like probably episodes. a half season at this point, yeah, yeah, since they've even mentioned those two characters. Uh, and now when we come back, 
they gloss over the aftermath of it. They really just quickly, it's like at the end of this episode, they saw what was happening. They're like, oh my God. Oh God, it's 55 minutes into this thing. And Tara's now walking back to the, to Alexandria quick. Somebody call explosions in the sky. Mm-hmm. Let's get this fucking. Throw, let's get this thing done. Throw them into a ball pit of instruments. And right. See. Can, what can she have? Uh, bobblehead. I don't know. Sure. Sunglasses. That'll work. Yeah. It, Carl had skates. She can have sunglasses. It's such an afterthought, and it's such a big moment for this character. It's a huge moment for the character, and yes. it's glossed over. Now, do you think it, that is less bad than it would have been to see the tedium of something we already know and the character's reaction to it, or, or was it better? served if we saw all that stuff i don't know and I'm the just, thing is i'm just asking you I, like I, personally would how do you feel about that i you're right i would rather have her give her a moment to process the grief of denise rather than see yeah. her like post reaction uh you know i also would like to see people start like where the hell is heath oh my god i can't believe you came back and you've got nothing but sunglasses right you're, you're not actually Right, you've been out you two weeks even, scavenging sunglasses I was and bottle heads. You at least had eight cans of fried okra. What's going on? <laughs> and not only that, but you lost a member of the group. Yes. Like you not only used more gas and ate more food, but you lost and someone. lost a vehicle. Which, by the way, why yeah. did you lose the vehicle? They got out the vehicle. Did they run out of gas and had to proceed on foot? Because they're talking about getting low on gas. They were, and yeah, that's the other thing. Is like, what happens back? if you find a huge cache of stuff, but you're too far away to haul it back, and you're out of like? There's anyway. I don't know. Uh, the other thing is this totally belies what they said last year about wanting to be able to process everyone's grief in the moment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. such a bunch of bullshit after now we've had two instances where characters should have been given chances to process this. And they could have narratively stitched this in a way to make all this stuff kind of coming back at the same time. And they just didn't. Yeah. So... You know, everything that Gimple and Kirkman and uh, uh, the, the other guy that does this, uh, Nicotero, is essentially state-run propaganda mm-hmm. that just lies and deflects about everything that they either do because they're dumb or because the studio forces them. Yeah. And I'm also, like, I don't know, man. Um, I feel like it's almost time to give up hope this show is going to actually turn the corner. Because I don't think I these are I don't think these are problems that 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 like that Gimple just doesn't know how to fix. I I'm I'm increasingly thinking yeah. either he just is so in a bubble that he's never going to get the things that he needs to tell a really good dramatic story, or the studio is still probably more likely thwarting them with a bunch of stupid budgetary demands. And either yeah, way, yeah, I mean it's clear that something is wrong with this show. Right, something at the core level. It's the, the Whoever is making the decisions on this show right. creatively is is either not allowed to make the right decisions or incapable of making the right decisions because this happens season after season after season. Yeah. And at and, this and, point, Gimple's had the, the season the longest anyone's had. Like, he's yeah, had, like, it, this is not a rookie showrunner anymore. No. So no, he's either not getting it or he's not able to get it. And, and if it's the directors and the writers... Guess what? You can afford the yes. best of the best for this show. Yes. Now go for it. Yes. Pay these people enough money to come off of Game of Thrones, come right. off of these bigger shows that are far better. You have the money. Do it. Well, it's like HBO. If you want your show to be good. Guess who directed episode nine of Westworld? Who? Michelle McLaren. Okay. Yeah. She has directed episodes of The Walking Dead. You can get her to do your fucking show. Right. 
so why are we doing the ju- ju- junior varsity on the biggest show in television? It's still even yeah. even and falling from its height. It's still getting fourteen million people watching it. That's the other concern here is that Walking Dead is no longer as big as Walking Dead has ever been, right. and that is that is a problem that they should be addressing. And the way to address that is to make it a better show. Get the buzz out there that Walking Dead is back. Walking Dead is good Sometimes again. That can be too late because I remember it can like, be, I used to but, be a big but fan they should of be ER. seeing that trend and trying sure. to fight it. They're not. They're leaning sure. into it, and I don't understand it. Back in the pre Golden Age, I was a huge fan of ER, and mm-hmm. there was a point where the show just started getting silly. I think to j- jump the, I think to jump the shark moment was the moment where they had this uh, this curmudgeonly uh, ER guy get his arm chopped off by a helicopter tail awesome and then at the end of the next season the helicopter crashed and landed on him i think that's awesome in an arnold schwarzenegger movie a doctor show i'm not so sure i remember thinking i'm never watching this garbage show again this show has insulted my intelligence and it's stupid and i remember like a season or two after the they used to run they were running these commercials on nbc uh it's like er is as good as it's ever been critics are saying and i'm like you know what this this motherfucker's never going to know. You don't cause, believe it. Because you done jumped the shark. Uh, you done crashed the helicopter. Like, yeah. it's almost getting to the point where there's a critical... Mm-hmm. They haven't reached it yet because, again, 14 million people are still watching this. Uh, but they're going to get to a point where, like, I think it's time to have the conversation about whether we can should continue doing the show or whether our... I agree. You know, even though it's it's like our third biggest show, I think it's time yeah. in the off season to have the discussion about whether we do this, whether we give it another half season and make the Yeah, I can't guarantee then. we're coming back next time, honestly. Like it's episodes like this and the stream yeah. of episodes before it, frankly. The whole season has been a mess of structure. Right. Uh even the parts that are good have been overshadowed by the parts that are sure. fucked up. Yep. And and that's been the case for seven seasons running. And right. I, I don't know that I I even want to continue to do it. Right. It doesn't matter how popular it is. It doesn't matter that we get advertising and all that shit. If we're not enjoying it, yeah. Because the other thing is, this will this. Sh- I don't think this podcast will be popular if we just rip on the show week in and week out for the exact same things. And right. the other thing is, I think, and the way I'm grading this is, I think they've had like one really good episode. Mm-hmm. Which honestly relied on a lot of sensationalism and shock value, and just a just a, a pretty jaw dropping performance by uh, the guy uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mm. Morgan, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, who, by the way, that performance is kind of worn thin on me. Which yep. We talked about it's kind of one note, or they're not. Maybe it's too much of a good thing, or and and mm-hmm. too much of a concentrated dose. But like most of the stuff since then has been more missed than hit. Yeah, and it also, like you said, there are structural problems. It's the way they're structuring the narrative is is as much as the narrative itself. So, right, I don't know, man. It's we'll talk about it, and you know, this is a pattern that we fall into as well. I mean, as the show ebbs and and right. ebbs and flows, we also do the same. You know, right. And uh, every time they have a super stinker of an episode, right. we go, "This might be it." Well, and the, then they reel us back in with the season finale and the season premiere. Right, that's been the pattern. But here's the other thing. The last time I was this down on The Walking Dead was when it was airing contemporary with season one of True Detective. Right. Because now it's airing contemporary when, with Westworld. Right. Like some of the when when this thing I go home after mm-hmm. I've I've got done like watching this between my fingers and then I flip on the TV and I watch Westworld and it blows my mind or I watch you know whatever that uh, single tracking shot episode of True Detective. I, right. I'm like. Why the fuck am I watching this other show? 
Right, The Walking Dead is given no favors by going head to head against really good dramas, and and at some point, in retrospect, we, it seems like it's it's had a good run of luck at at like all the really blockbuster stuff happens in the spring or the summer, the stuff that's like, but but it's you know every once in a while a True Detective or a, mm-hmm. a Westworld will come and just fucking run it off its corner. And a Better Call Saul. I mean, frankly, or, yeah. it's up against like both of its time slots are up against some better shows now i know better call saul doesn't run on sundays right but which is a it is still grace. a show that we're covering that we could put more effort into without this one i don't know there's definitely a conversation to be had i'm not saying we are or aren't coming back next season or next half season for this show but i but we that, need to talk about it yeah definitely and i like to see what the fans think because you know yeah. increasingly i hear things like we don't even watch the walking dead we just listen to your podcast well shit yeah. we do a lot of podcasts man we do. That, that you'd probably enjoy just as much on better shows. Mm-hmm. And, like, frankly, this stuff with the Heath zombie fake out, with the pile of sand, with the all woman call, like, this shit is just really insulting. It is. Yeah. Uh, if, 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 and, and, you know, there's like a, tons of people still willing to, de- to defend the show on Reddit and say, oh, you just don't have the patience to develop character. Man, I watched The Fucking Wire. I watched Mad Men. Suck my dick if you're going to yeah. come at with me at that. This is just a bad show. It is. And you need to watch yep. some of these other bad shows to appreciate that fact. Yeah. So, you need there to watch we go. some of the good shows to appreciate that fact as well. Right. Anyway, so. I, I, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little fired up about it because, yeah. you know. Me too. I feel, like, I feel like I wasted an hour of my life, more than an hour. I, I wasted like four or five hours of my life watching this shit and right. thinking about it and this episode has been bad now i'm sure we'll come back to alexandria and we'll have a couple of okay to great episodes to wrap up this half season but maybe you know, that'll influence like, our decision but who i knows? said my worst my fucking worst nightmare was they're going to stretch this yeah you know negan plot a season beyond what it needed to be and i'll be damned if we're not like we should be heading into like the real meat of the Negan story. And instead they've had us on a treadmill for essentially four or five episodes to pad it out so they could, you know, do the run up that they should have done this season, next season. Yeah. So they can tease us with the big bad, Oh, Negan's got, you know, it's just, it's the same shit. And they talk and about again. the beats they want to hit, right? Like we, Oh, we've got the plans. We know when we're going to hit these certain points. Well, that always seems to be just a little bit too long. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little flabby. You need to yeah. hit those beats earlier. Yeah. So, Maybe they'll go to Netflix and they'll trim up that fat. I mean, I don't know. It's like somehow <laughs> Netflix is not s- helping. Somehow, even though they only get out twelve issues of the comic book a year, yeah, The Walking Dead gets out sixteen hours of television. They're still sixty-three some episodes ahead of the. You know how long it takes to read twelve comics? N- nothing. Forty-five I, seconds. I, 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 seriously, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I I got like the. Um, yeah, I got the compendium for like, uh, up to like uh, the, the two big giant things. I read like a hundred issues in this, a course of a couple days, taking my yeah. time. And then I went for the longest time. I was reading the things on digital, mm-hmm. and it feels like oh, it would hit my cell phone on Comicsology or whatever the hell it was. Yep. And I would go. I could read it in like five minutes. Yeah. Like like a but comic takes... book is essentially the action that happens in between a commercial break. Right. So they are really dragging their feet on this stuff. Yeah, doing an hour and a half of show per comic issue is a little much. Is a little I mean, much. they still haven't beat the season two record where they took a single comic issue and they right. stretched it out to 13 episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a that's tough the one reigning to break. champ. But, and then they it's took the, on that. Yeah, they took the four or eight 
issue prison governor arc and they stretched it out to 60 what is that 32 episodes uh-huh. uh that's a little much but like yeah it's 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 the time deleation is getting getting worse indeed and this is nothing we haven't said before which is why it's really depressing to to have to skewer this thing because i don't even know like yeah you know it's not even particularly funny or insightful at this point right Ugh. so i thought i had this whole enigma android thing uh surrounding my persona here uh-huh uh at the bald move studios but my girlfriend tells me like i'm really easy to shop for really which yeah, i don't know how you feel about that but I I, it came as a shock to me i always find like i you're easy to easy to come up with the ideas for but difficult to know if they're really going to please you because <laughs> i could give you a pile of dog shit and i could give you a gold-plated nest that gave you blowjobs and i think your reaction would be mostly the same gold-plated nest nest it's like nes Nintendo oh, nes i thought this was like a golden goose sort of scenario yeah, a, a blowjob giving nest yeah uh, no, I I don't know. She she says I'm super easy to shop for because I tell her exactly what I want. So maybe, oh, well, yeah. yeah, maybe I'm hard to please, though. Like, you get me something I say I want, and I'm like, yeah, I could have bought that myself. <laughs> and, and maybe a lot of guys are like that. But we have a solution for you this holiday season. Harry's.com. Harry's, as you probably know if you've listened to our show, is a, a company that manufactures razors uh, and blades, and they do it very inexpensively. Uh, it's way it's way cheaper than going to but a half, store. Half the price of a, a department store. Absolutely, yeah. And if you've listened to this show, you know that I've been a big fan of Harry's. Uh, Use them personally for a very long time, and I've actually been really impressed with what they've done. I don't know if it's just for the holiday season um, as kind of their gift set, or if this is something they're doing across the board. But I've been really impressed by the way they're upping their packaging game because this. Th- they sent me another box of their stuff. Uh, they're they're holiday kit their holiday starter kit and it's actually really nicely packaged like i would not feel bad giving this as a gift at all oh, no um and it, it comes with a few things they're, they're doing a promotion on it right now so if you have somebody in your life probably a guy who would like to shave his face but uh harry's but is great for that also works on ladies no these razors don't work these, on ladies these, do these, they this the, 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 the finely crafted german engineered steel blades don't care if it's a face or a leg wow or a cooch or an ass crack whatever whatever you got to shave it'll shave it <laughs> okay awesome i didn't know that about him that's not in the bullet points <laughs> the talking points uh it is now but but you can go to harrys.com and you can use the promo code bald move and you get five bucks off your checkout um for pretty much anything there they have some really low-priced uh, trial sets. This one that I'm going to talk about is only ten bucks if you if you use the code, uh, and you get free shipping with it. The free shipping only lasts till December 9th, though, so you got to act now. Uh, it comes with a midnight blue chrome razor handle, which is really nice. I've actually that's the one they sent me, and it looks top notch. Uh, it comes with three of the aforementioned five blade cartridges. Comes with the foaming shave gel that smells amazing, according to them, and I concur. Uh, beautifully designed gift box, and it usually goes for thirty bucks on Harry's dot com. So Does you can get like it right a now. Holiday spice kind of thing. Is it got some like s- cinnamon and pine? No, the holiday no. kit doesn't have like a like the foaming gel. Or... With that's the next step. They've got the packaging down, holiday themed. Now they're doing peppermint Fourth spice. Fourth of July, the package just might... smell like gunpowder. How how awesome <laughs> would that shave with a gunpowder foam? Oh, oh my man. god, how much manlier can you smell? Then the next step is just to actually have gunpowder foam, and you just put on your face, you light it, woof. You'd be That's very careful step. shaving with that. Uh, yeah, but they got the special offer right now for listeners of our show. Um, if you go to harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S, right now, you can get a limited edition holiday set while supplies last. 
Uh, don't forget to enter that promo code BALDMOVE to save $5 off at checkout. That's harrys.com, promo code BALDMOVE. Get gift selection matrix looks like this. Does the person you're thinking about buying a gift for have hair on their face? Yes. If no, then buy Harry's. They'll like it. Yeah, that works. It confused me for a second, but yes, definitely. It's like if, and if they got hair in their face, then you know. What about their legs? If they have, if they don't have hair in their legs, you can also you can also buy them. Like if they're on a swim team or they're they're <laughs> right. they're, they're 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 holding up the gender normative uh, uh-huh. uh, values of uh, not not having hair in their legs, then then they also will enjoy Harry's. If if they remove hair from any part of their bodies, mm. you can't beat Harry's as a method of doing that thing. Right, and, and they, I should like I've I've worn a beard for like seven eight years straight now. Uh-huh. Uh, this spring I shaved using a Harry's kit for about four to six weeks. It was amazing. Like I could feel the, the the breeze on my cheeks. That's how yeah, close the shave. That's something I got. you forget about when you have yeah. A beard. You're just insulated from the world, right? You get that. You you take that off. You just present your clean feel baby the, face to the world. Maybe that's their new slogan. Feel the world. Feel the world with your face. <laughs> Harry's Harry's dot com promo code bald move. Hey, uh, in addition to other sponsor, this uh, episode, as always, is sponsored by Bald Move. Uh, and yeah. we, we, could, we could definitely use your support because uh, advertising makes up a relatively small amount of our uh, support. A lot of it is directly uh, supported by the listeners. Um, you know, one of the reasons why we can kind of just tell it like it is, whether The Walking Dead is good or bad, is because as independent podcasters, we're not really beholden to anyone except for our listeners. And the way we're able to do that is... Uh, uh, people join the club and support us in various ways. You can go to support.baldmove.com where you can find out about the club and other ways to support us. And uh, there's a lot of cool things coming down the pike in December. Uh, Jim and I are doing the Bald Move Badass Christmas where we're going to be doing a whole bunch of features revolving around Christmas-themed action movies such as Rocky Four, Die Hard, Jingle All the Way, oh, which yeah. really isn't that badass except for it stars the biggest badass of all, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and a fourth <laughs> mystery movie that we're going to be concluding festivities. We're going to be drinking uh, premium whiskeys from his whiskey advent calendar on camera, and we're going to be doing live recordings and, and commentary tracks and podcasts for him, only for club members. So if you if you want to get in on that, if you want to have some bald move content over to Christmas, because it's going to start drying up. Westworld and, and Walking Dead are shutting down, and uh, our weekly content right. is going to be going into a brief hiatus as well. But we still be got the stuff flowing for club members. Go to support.baldmove.com to find out how you can keep us going. Okay, let's Do we move have on any funny or insightful emails? Uh, not particularly. I mean, some of them are are slightly funny. They're like a Tara joke funny. Okay. Um, and and you know some of them are are insightful as well. I, I'm being a little harsh on our listeners. That's what I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I'm in the mood to just <laughs> bash on things. I wish I had Lucille Don't take in my it out hands. on our listeners, man. I can't help it. Don't take it out on our listeners, man. Uh, we're we're going to do a couple of of emails from previous episodes, and then we'll get to the current stuff. That's that's because they're better episodes. So they should are. Be, yeah, should, should be good emails. Maybe I should have just loaded up the the feedback with that. Just not talk <laughs> about this episode. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Bulent from the UK says, Hey guys, first time writing in. I was compelled to write after the shock of last week's podcast. Although we all have the right to our own opinions, I must say I couldn't believe Aaron called the episode above average. Let me say, this was the worst episode of Walking Dead I've ever seen. Oh boy, this was last episode, this was, right? Yes, keep in mind, this was about the previous episode. 
Uh, direction and shot composition was awful. Acting terrible. Eden and Carl were lifeless and dull to watch. The story structure was a mess. I actually got up and made a cup of tea before the end as I couldn't bear finishing it. It would We would be making coffee here in the U.S. See, I mean... I I still stand by this above average Walking Dead episode. Well, yeah, that's and fair. also the fact that they did a multi-threaded plot was like it just so so much better. And I it's can't so imagine what Bulin is thinking now. Oh yeah, because if you thought last episode was bad, this was a fucking train hitting a pile of garbage. Right. It's 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 two <laughs> dump trucks ass to ass piling up sand <laughs> three stories tall. It is. Uh, Ben E says, just wanted to float an idea by you that could potentially explain the use of Morse code by Daryl. For this theory to work, we'll have to make a few assumptions, and that's that's always the trick, the assumptions. Although I don't think it's anything completely outlandish. Abraham was teaching the group Morse code. I'm an 18-year active duty member of the Navy. Uh, no, they didn't teach me Morse code. I also went to the... Really? Apparently not, yeah. Huh. I wonder what you... You have to be, like, in signals intelligent? Like, what do you... Yeah, some kind of comms. Because there was a big news article last year about them starting to teach, like, uh, uh, stellar navigation again. Like, for, like, 30 years, the Navy had stopped teaching it, and now they're bringing it, like... They're bringing it back, teaching them how to use sextants and stuff, which makes sense. When all because, else fails, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if there is some kind of god-awful World War Three scenario, one of the first things you'd attack would be the gps system right you try to degrade the enemy's ability to wage war so sure you got all these aircraft carriers and no other way to navigate you're gonna be fucked yeah so i you know i I guess why did they move away from teaching morse code because that's that's another great fallback great way to to communicate ship to ship when all else fails seems like it he says he goes on i also went to the survival evasion resistance and escape course uh, Sears? S E R E, yeah, Sears. No, uh, Sears, I think that's what they call it, right? Sears? Oh, yeah, Sears, S E R E. In Sears school, we were taught something called tap code, which is a way for POWs to communicate with each other. Since right. we know Abraham was an Army Ranger, it's not unlikely that he would have also attended Sears school and would know the value of nonverbal communication in this type of situation. Right. Be interested in what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, whose house was that in? I don't, I don't remember where the board was. I don't, I don't think either. it was Abraham's house, but I thought it was in like the community center. Okay, like, that know, would that... make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that w- it's possible. That would make sense. Um, I don't. I wish that could have been a plot point. Yeah. So we're not just looking at a uh, a, a blackboard and make. I mean, this is just this is just adding mystery. When it, it, I'm trying to try, I'm trying to say what's the difference between like a Mr. Robot style mystery and a Westworld style mystery in this. This yeah. is intentionally leaving plot points vague so people wonder about stuff like what's going on with that tattoo, what's going on with Daryl blinking, what's doing this, instead of actually weaving mysteries into the, you know, I don't know. I don't, well, the weird thing is they don't. Maybe even, I'm just being uncharitable towards the show, but they don't point to it. I mean, they right. don't. They don't mention it it's just in the background like we have to have people making guesses about what people are doing and you know if if abraham like i I look at westworld and i say okay the maze is a central mystery of that show sure right and it's well developed in almost every episode right it's something that they're focusing on and they're making a mystery on point if this morse code thing is to be believed then we would also have to believe that they're not pointing any fingers at it whatsoever now i don't Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're just trying to establish that, hey, there is a Morse code thing mm-hmm. 
in the community center. And so when we start to introduce this stuff, it'll make a little more sense. But they don't strike me as the type of crew that rolls that way. Yeah, also just like think of the reveal, how the reveal is going to work now. It's going to be like Rick is going to is going to be like, you know, I've been I've been looking at Daryl's eyes and mm-hmm. I've been thinking about what Abraham was teaching us with that blackboard and right. I see he's saying, you know, periwinkle blue or what I mean like mm-hmm. what? That's going to feel like it comes out of nowhere. I you have to go online and see all the Uproxx yeah. articles about all the signs of right. to, but like did they? I don't know. So, so, so strange. Okay, let's get into the current episode. Uh, I front-loaded this with a couple of positive ones because I knew we were going to be negative, and the the feedback for this episode is largely negative. That's the thing. Like, and harsh. It's the triumvirate. When we, whenever there's a really bad episode of, of Walking Dead, I always, number one, I think, okay, what's my opinion of it? Pretty shitty. Uh-huh. Okay, what is our forum's opinion of it? Ooh, pretty shitty. <laughs> go on Reddit. Yeah, the Walking Dead subreddit. Oh, if it's a majority of that is 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 people taking a shit on the show, then it's like, well, yeah, confirmed. This was a historically bad episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, and no real controversy this time. Like other ones, again, historically bad because of structural problems. Like you know, mm-hmm. season three finale, last year's finale. This is just doesn't really offer anyone that's a fan of the Walking Dead a fun experience. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, we start off with Gemma, who says. Hey there, long-time listener, first-time emailer. Wanted to chime in because I really like this most recent episode. And I suspect others slash you guys will be on the other side of the fence. Oh, no. Oh, no. First of all, I enjoy Tara a lot as a character, especially her sense of humor, and I thought she slash Alana Masterson really shined here. Okay. Uh, as an, Tepid and, agreement. Yeah, yeah. I don't see any problems so far. No disagreement. As an audience member who knows more than the uh, character does, I was so sad when... We, when we got to hear about Tara's need to get back home to her girlfriend and her callback to what Glenn told her about scavenging, uh, that shot of her walking to Alexandria with the sunglasses and a smile on her face, only to meet a devastated Eugene was a great contrast. Yeah, I I mostly agree with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like the show's take on Oceanside, and despite the ending, I think it's obvious that this new community is nicely set up to join the Alexandria Kingdom Hilltop Alliance and bring much-needed firepower. They've done it. Isn't that a problem, the fact that it is fairly obvious? Like, I don't even... I guess Oceanside is a comic thing. I've not read that far. I haven't either. But, like, even with zero knowledge of the comics, like, it seems fairly obvious that these things are fitting together like a big puzzle piece. Oh, okay. Rick's company doesn't have guns. Yeah, yeah it these does. People have, but, and, right. But no, they have fighters with no guns. This place has got guns with no fighters, like, mm-hmm. which is kind of a retelling of the Alexandria plot, but whatever. Yeah, and it it's not... It's not those most basic things about the narrative that i have a problem with it's everything else Mm -hmm. it's literally everything else about execution that i have a problem with like the idea that there would be another community out there Uh that would have dealt with the saviors is not shocking right and it's not bad in itself it's just the way that it's made yeah uh she says they've done a good job making these uh, groups distinct and i love that negan underestimating the strength of women will be a large part of his hopeful downfall uh, also, for me, it was totally refreshing to have an episode without the obnoxious saviors. Uh, also, lastly, I'm a fan of yours, but I fear you and others in the fandom might have already decided to hate this episode even before watching it, considering our previous comments bemoaning the possibility of a stupid Terra and Heath arc. So I'm wondering if y'all were ever really going to give it a chance. In general, you guys are sort of caught in the trap of imagining some mythical idea of what this show should do week to week instead of enjoying it for what it is. 
and even imagining ways it may or may not disappoint you in the future. I think you'd like the show much more if you could let go of these pre- preconceived notions and avoid the self self-fulfilling prophecy. Still dig the podcast though. I I mean you're right. I don't know how to do those things and also I think that it's I think I don't know. It just feels like I I I'm on a state of subjective opinion as an objective fact, but it does seem <laughs> to me that when you end the episode with Carl and Jesus sneaking off to re- re- recon the saviors, that uh-huh. is a very interesting concept. Mm-hmm. And you build up a certain amount of fan enthusiasm that may or may not be flagging from some from some people's perspective. I mean, obviously, statistically and, and, and from fan reactions, it's flagging. And then you go and you swerve and you just tell a Terra-centric episode that is kind of seven. And I get it. They had to shoot around her pregnancy and there's like a lot of things out of their control. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I I... I I mean, I, I, I understand the truth of what you say, and this is the concern about continuing to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like, I just think some of those things are just objectively bad. Like, the decision to to tell to get the story to a certain point of, like, you got the kettle to boil, and then you take it off the stove to throw on a cold pot. Cold of, fish. Of, of cold pickled herring. Yeah. it just It just seems like from a... It just completely loses narrative steam and momentum. Like this thing, yeah, I agree. This thing should be building mm-hmm. and building for the to penultimate and finale episode, right? And it's not. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And here's the thing. So, yes, there are inevitably going to be parts of shows that I like less than other parts, mm-hmm. right? I mean, sure, Tara and Heath, they are ancillary characters that I. I hardly care about at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was also true of shows like Lost, where I hardly cared about like Jin and Son mm-hmm. until you know what they did? They gave Jin and Son some fucking outstanding episodes, and they made those centerpieces of seasons, mm-hmm. and that got me on board with them. Yes, I was not looking forward to those when I started watching it, but by the end of those episodes, I was a fan. I was invested. Sure. They're not doing this that on this show. Mm-hmm. I go into those and, those episodes expecting to be disappointed, and guess what? I am but disappointed. But that's the thing, dude. They kind of are. Like they had something going with Tara and Denise, and then they killed Denise for really no good reason. Like it becomes clear to me that Denise's okay. death was. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been a while since we've had a major death. We know we're not going to give him any major deaths. The the, the ones that they're expecting, and also people are kind of pissed about this Glenn thing. So let's. Yeah. Although that's actually. They can't have made those decisions reactively because all this stuff is in the can by the time it's airing. Right. But it's interesting to me that last week, I, I can't remember the times that they've done this before. I know some shows do it occasionally, but instead of next week on The Walking Dead, it was in the weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. And they're showing all this stuff about Negan and all this stuff with that. Like, they had to know at some level on marketing, like, oh, man, people are not <laughs> going to be wanting to hear this ter- this this Terra stuff. Or yeah. else, why wouldn't they just be like, on the Nexus, it's all Terra? And, and there's people on the forums and message boards saying, oh, this is what they're doing. Just watch is going to land like a wet turd, and then it lands yeah. like a wet turd. Yeah, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it is kind of prophetic. Right. I, I mean... I don't know what to tell you. If you're expecting a bad episode and they deliver a bad episode, of course I'm not going to like it. Right. But it's not objective. I mean, I get, 
I don't. It's all subjective. I mean, it's of all course. subjective. But I, I think I think they're doing a lot of things that subjectively uninvest me on this show. Right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it does it for some at what people. Point maybe does, they're interested in this. At what point does flaunting the convi- conventions of narration and cinematography and you know all this 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 language of Hollywood? become an objective fact that's no longer subjective like you can enjoy like mm-hmm. like you can enjoy david lynch's dune that doesn't mean that it's not a narrative failure okay like if you, you like there's yeah. really no way to enjoy the movie except as visual spectacle s- s- dropping tabs and watching it unless you've already read the books so, you know what i'm saying it's like it's like okay i haven't seen dune but that's what well, i'm saying as, meaning, as, a, yeah. as a guy who read dune in high school and was a big fan and then saw the movie like i thought it was great i thought it was a great visionary vision of that thing but uh-huh. That you know, if if you didn't take that baggage in with you, then like objectively, if if, if this was a thing for mass consumption of audiences, it's kind of a failure. Yeah, Be, you know, and I think it bore out in its performance. But whatever, I mean, you know, like I I, I read stuff on Reddit because I try I try I try to understand other people's points of view, um, mm-hmm. and I just I come when someone says I enjoy this episode, I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, I want to ask a bunch of follow-up. Like, yeah. how old are you? What other shows have you watched? What is your how how crazy are you about zombies? Like, what is the what what am I missing here? What is mm, why are my expectations judgy. why are my expectations jacked? Like, you know, right, right. And I I guess I'm on board with the idea that at some point it becomes objective. Like, if the story is not told, mm-hmm. uh, if there are missing pieces, if if you can reasonably look at something and not understand it. Mm-hmm. That's objectively bad. Um, And and I think this episode hits that bar of being objectively bad. There are holes in this that don't make sense. The stuff they staged with the the backflash, whatever you want to call it, Heath and and Tara were just really bad. Like Glenn going through the train track, following the zombies, kind of bad. And, uh, you know, I... If you can enjoy it despite that, then great. Like I'm, I guess I'm happy for you, but I don't, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know any kind of expectations would have saved this particular episode for me. Okay, Jenkins B says, I know in the past you have expressed a slight annoyance with Tara's character and all her affectations, but I have to say I think it's tasteful writing. Think of it, Tara is like a bloopers reel at the end of a movie. Her quirkiness, fist bumps, and slightly awkward jokes are more realistic than we give her credit for. Every character has them, but it's just not shown on screen. I'm sure even Rick, Michonne, Carl, et al. have have them, but because we're watching a heightened version of reality, it's not necessary that we see it. However, showing it with characters like Tara, Eugene, and to an extent Abraham adds a bit of color to the show. Imagine if everyone was displayed as a pale, forlorn character, how boring and depressing it would get. I can identify with these characters because I'm the type of guy to crack an awkward joke even at a funeral. Yeah, I mean, you do need some co- some comedic relief, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's part of it, certainly. And those characters are there for that. I think Tara brings a good chunk of that. Right. Eugene, certainly, like you said. Uh, and if this episode were otherwise enjoyable, I think I would have really engaged with that material. Like, I, I did yeah. still laugh at her trying to go in for fist bump. And, right. And Tanya or whatever, Natanya, uh, you know, going for the handshake. That stuff is pretty funny, unless you got to stick up your ass. But right. it just is grown. It's just grown worthy when it's it's sitting on top of this shaky foundation. Yeah. Okay. We we are obviously into the bad 
the negative chunk of feedback here. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and plow through some of this unless there's a particularly interesting question to talk about. All right. Peter says, this was honestly so bad. There was not one redeeming quality about this episode. The only thing that happened is Tara finds out the saviors are worse than she thought. Waste of time and waste of an episode after they showed promise with last week's. The one plot per episode is going to be the demise of this show. Mm-hmm. Why should we care to watch any of what happened in this episode? Uh, that's a fair question. I didn't. Beverly B. says, Given Oceanside's experiences, motivations, and policies, I couldn't understand why they were even considering letting Tara go. I was stunned when they agreed to, and then was actually relieved to realize it was a double cross. It's not that I wanted Tara to die, but they didn't set up the story in a way to make me feel like there was any reason these people would trust her. But there's the thing, like, that was definitely on the table. They were making a hard pitch to recruit her, and what she what doomed her is leading with the idea that they wiped out the savior outpost, mm-hmm. which also seems strange. The very first real genuine thing you're going to tell a person, like all the different stories they could have told about, uh, you know, the cannibal situation in uh, 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 Determinus and like the, the governor situation and all the other things she's seen that has more nuances and shades of gray, she leads with, oh, we wiped out the satellite building. We preemptively murdered people because we thought they were going to murder us back. Like, I don't know. I thought that, I get maybe that's the kind of dumb thing Tara would do because she's quote unquote not good with people. But yeah, maybe start maybe lead with the terminus thing. We that's killed what I'm a bunch saying. of cannibals that were trying to yeah, eat like us. We trusted, and actively I, did oh, eat oh, one I of our it. members. We, we trusted these people and we went in and we disarmed and we did all their and then they herded us into box carts and were trying to kill eat and eat and kill us. Yeah. And then then we escaped from that and they hunted us down and like that's like you know who yeah I don't yeah. <laughs> There's lots of stories you could tell that don't involve current local controversial events, man. Let's see if Dan from Philly's got one. He says, I swear this show is just fucking with us now. There's always been a place for cheesy sci-fi melodrama. Hell, TV gave us Buck Rogers in the 25th century. (laughs) But the producers had the good sense not to make an 11 or an hour and 11 minute Twiggy episode. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I just made a sick Twiggy reference five seconds before you got around an email. See, I don't get the, I don't understand. Been born seven years earlier. God damn it. Uh, never you mind. The joys of uh, Twiggy and Aaron Gray. Never mind the fact that again, we were subjected to running around the same woods. We've been running around for the last seven years, but the episode itself was pointless and had no direction. It literally went nowhere from a character or story development perspective. Six episodes in, and what has really happened, aside from two deaths that should have been dealt with last season? Yep. Man, I hate this show. And that's the thing. Like, it's not pointless. The point of this episode was there's people with no fighters that have guns. Right. And also Tara's sad because Denise died. And Those also, are the two points of the episode. We need to get Heath out of there for some reason. Like, what are they doing with Heath? I don't know. What the fuck could they possibly so hear, be doing with Heath? I hear that Heath has got a big role in the Kong movie, and that he's also got a big role in the new 24 series. They're just making him absent? That they are, you know... Well, I mean, Deliberately I, absent here's because he's got other things he wants to do? Fucking kill him then. Here's the thing about the comic book. The comic book doesn't give a shit that, you know, Glenn, the actor that plays Glenn, will look for greener pastures if they don't give him a juicy scene every episode, every, every season. Sure. The comic book doesn't give a shit. The comic has a focus around Carl and Rick and the yeah. people enter their orbits and they drop in and drop off as it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think the show increasingly with this large cast, like, 
you know, has to give people certain things or they're just going to walk, man. They're going to Tasha Yarrett, and they can't do that with this. Uh, th- they can't do that with this episode, to re- this kind of stuff that relies on such a large cast of characters. So, like, one of the things you need to adapt it, maybe, is cut down on that list, of, that group of characters. But then you can't kill anybody. So, I don't know. This is a real bitch to adapt. And it's like, I'm starting to... It is. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to start to question and stuff we talked about the, in the weeks uh, before about actors starting to signal that maybe they've had enough or they want to see an exit plan. It's like, I don't know that this is going to have another couple years legs on it before it yeah. just kind of just wimps apart with no, and, and, and no, no satisfying conclusion. Like there's, I mean, that's this, th- do you agree with the statement that there's no way this show tells a final version of the story that's going yeah. to at any way reflect anything that's got that's going on in the comics. I do. They're going to uh what is that Ryan Murphy show that just isn't there American No, Horror no, no. The, the one that went off the air. Penny Scream? Dreadful? Oh yeah, Penny Oh yeah. Th- they're going to have that happen to them. They're going to do where like the ratings have slipped so much and it's so expensive to make that they're just going to get gonna slap a final some, season. They're going to slap yeah. a finale together in a several episodes and then that's you're going to get what you get. And it's going to yeah. be, I mean, brace yourselves because there's no fucking way Andrew Lincoln's doing the seven seasons from now. No, especially with slipping ratings. I mean, this is his career. Yeah. It's not like he just sticks around and does this and that's all he's ever going to do. Right. He's got things that he needs to do and a career that he has to service, right? He can't. Yeah afford to stay on a dying show for another seven years i don't know man maybe they need to come back and for season eight think about how we want to end things with negan and maybe maybe season season eight is like the potential finale oh there's no way they do you don't think they do that yeah it's it's too hard to walk away season eight's already been greenlit we've been spoiled by the golden age because most of the golden age shows have a terminus in mind a, a an yeah. ending point a play a landing zone this show does not so true and it never it never could and that's that was a cardinal Kirkman sin decides. of episodic television right like right. it just went it just went out until people stopped yeah. watching it that's why people didn't like the ending of lost mm. sure to, to a large degree or x-files yeah like you know if you don't have an ending in mind then just the demands of television, the way contracts work, just you're not, I mean, the only way you can do that is to have an animated show. The Simpsons can last for 20 seasons. Sure. Yeah. There's no contract disputes. Fucking South Park can get to Flintstones, but Mm -hmm. these shows can't because fucking people start wanting to get money and they want to do other things and who can blame them? No one. Uh, So I'm, you know, there's a slew of negative feedback. I obviously hated this episode. Uh, I feel like I should stop trying to sugarcoat it and tell people, look, if you're dissatisfied with this show, the only proper response is to stop watching it. And as a podcaster, I'm questioning whether I should even cover it, even though it's our arguably second biggest show, potentially third, now that Westworld's in the picture. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, I'm I'm intrinsically drawn to these zombie stories. I like the idea of zombies on the face of it, but... And when the show is good, it's fun to cover. Like, we, that's what sure. always been the show's saving grace is it's fun... Um, because you know it was it was that's the thing is like it was fun to rip on this stuff originally, but like I feel like this is starting to get a, to be a greatest hits, and it's like yeah. I can already see the people like they're going to be like you know Aaron up front says I'm going to try not to repeat myself. Aaron then continues to repeat himself for an hour and a half. You right, know? right, like that's I shit man. But if you don't like it, it, don't watch it. Please don't watch it. Like 
don't do something just because, right? Like, right. don't continue to watch a show just because that's what you do. Because that's a waste of time. You, if you're not enjoying it, stop watching it. And I I might be right there with you pretty soon. But on the other hand, there's also, uh, you know, this is the, the age-old conundrum. Like, do you just give up on something that you loved? After seven years of failure? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess that's the thing is, like, there was always the hope that something would and, and i don't know like how long do you stick with something you love if it's so so what happens if for in the you. off season they fire gimple they bring on a new batch of writers they say i've heard we've heard the fan complaints we are going to come back refocused and like does that energize you at all well you just told me that you noped out on er even though they said it was the best it's ever been right so, so I, I mean, because that's a lot, a lot of people are saying, like the the Glenn Dumpster fiasco was a jump to shark. The finale was a jump to shark. Like, there's, yeah, you're right. Like, right. how many chances do you give something many... before you just dump it? Sure, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah that's a personal question. That's a personal question for everyone to answer. <laughs> but I, I've gone from actively like from from saying basically turn off your brain because it's not the show you think it is to saying you should probably quit watching it if you're not having fun because it's clear that this show is not changing. Yeah. This show has been stuck in this pattern for four years now, at least. Mm-hmm. And it's just not going to change. It mm-hmm. is what it is. If you don't like it, you should definitely stop watching it. Nathan E. says, there wasn't really a preview for this week's episode last week. Uh, we kind of talked about this. Do you think that was strategic on AMC's part that they did the look at the final three episodes? I think they are starting to really metagame the fan reactions around this and mm-hmm. manipulate it and try to get out ahead of it and, you know, do da- – like, they, it's almost like they got the PR team ready to do damage control because the executives know they're doing things that are going to piss off fans and they have to manage those expectations, which is kind of crazy. It's insane to me that you notice things like that and you don't even attempt to fix them. Well, it's cheaper to manage the it's 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 probably cheaper to manage the expectations and the fact is like But you can only manage expectations for something like this up well, until the, the episode it's, it's like, airs. Yeah, but here's it's like gamers. Uh-huh. Fucking hate microtransactions. They hate pay to play or pay to win. Mm-hmm. They hate um pre-ordering. Because it's such a it's such a bullshit deal, and everyone agrees to that, and mm-hmm. yet those things continue to make obscene amounts of money. I don't understand because, it because I've never done any of those things on any kind of regular basis at right. all. But but that's I don't what, know that I've ever pre-ordered a game. Maybe one. I mean, I pre-ordered shit that I, if I feel like I know I'm going to like or I'm going to buy anyway, because why not? But like, if you are on the fence well, about a franchise, like I can't believe that, like someone's like you know. Uh, I, I just don't know about Uncharted. I don't know about Uncharted 4. Oh, they're going to fucking give me a Nathan Drake necklace? Oh, fucking, I'm all in. Like, I don't right. get that. But what my point is... I don't do that. I don't do what my point is the fact that, like, like, every year we bitch and say, how can the executives be so blind? And every right. year the executives are probably sitting in their room, and they don't give a shit about this show, and they don't give a shit about the story. Right. And they are saying, well... You know, the audience essentially has remained the same. It hasn't gotten well, bigger. Well, that's the but... difference, is now it's falling off. Now you have to react if you right. value even your business. But this is the first year that's react. happened. And, I'll, right, and honestly, right. it came back, the season premiere came back to the highest ratings it's ever had. But and I'm those seeing... Then had, that they, they shrunk by 25, 30... 
Yeah, I'm seeing numbers percentage. like 11 million now. Like right. we were over 17 million at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Now it's at 11. I mean, so they lose you can't half their sustain audiences. another loss like so, that. So, so maybe now, like I'm saying, it's like right. it's unrealistic to say that the, the fucking studio should know. The fucking studio should know when it, nothing they've done. They've always saved money. They've always, you know, essentially printed money to the show and people still watch it. So yeah. the only way to hurt them is with their... And that's why I'm saying stop watching it if you don't if you mm-hmm. don't like what they're doing. organizing a boycott, eh? No, I'm just because no, yeah, obviously I'm still so. podcasting about it, so it's right. not like I've personally boycotted it yet. Right. Uh, but if you if you don't like the show, I think you should stop watching it. Okay. Message received. Okay. Uh, Sean M says thanks as always for all that you do and congratulations on reaching your fundraising goal. Why did I leave that in there? Uh, well, thank you. That, that's that uh, we appreciate. That's the silver lining in the Walking Dead season. Yeah, I can't believe that snuck through to the feedback section. <laughs> Uh, I have reached my breaking point. Wait, full disclosure, I'm a full universe Walking Dead fan. Comics, games, shows, etc. I, however, have reached my breaking point with needing to be taught things by Talking Dead. Not once during the show did any character reference the community as Oceanside. Then, during the intro monologue of the Talking Dead, Chris Hardwick refers to it as Oceanside five times. Five times in 45 seconds. Why do we have to watch an after show to learn in-universe information that the writers should be providing to us? Uh, That's so, a good point because it, unless you actually looked at the sign that was yeah, in there for a not couple very seconds conspicuous, of episode, yeah. uh, you would have no idea what this Oceanside place is. Yeah, it is printed on this overhang of the building, mm-hmm. but yeah, nobody ever says Oceanside. Not super obvious. Uh, and, and why, and I, yeah, like they call it Ocean, yeah. And also, why would you call something the name? Of, I guess that's probably what people would do. Like, if you set up shop on the Washington, George Washington Bridge, would you call yourself Washingtonians? I guess that's the... Well, yeah, I mean, look at the, the names of folk. towns and stuff. Yeah, you know? I know, right? They People do that. Uh, Jessica from Illinois says, This is my first time writing in, and I just want to say this. I'm not even going to bother watching this episode. I don't have cable and have to wait for episodes to get posted to AMC's app. Since I can't be patient about anything, I always end up on Tumblr and on the forums to see what happened. Since this episode did what we all hoped and prayed it wouldn't, and we are stuck on one perspective after maybe having gotten away from it last week, I don't even see the point. I don't care about Tara and Heath, and I really wonder if Gimple and company are that out of touch with what viewers want or if they just don't care. Everything I need to know I'll get from the forums and the podcast tomorrow, even though I doubt there is anything in here that will be needed for the plot, especially fist bumps. Yeah, I mean, I, it's like I don't know that they don't care. Uh, I think it's just that they it, – it, and, and at some point it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter who doesn't care. Someone doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, Mike says, I know it's been discussed here or discussed before, but do you think that the show's biggest problem is its popularity? Between spreading out the Walking Dead storyline as thin as possible, shoving Fear the Walking Dead and Talking Dead down our throats every week, and extending episodes for no apparent reason other than more commercial time, it seems pretty apparent that the number one priority is to make money and not tell a good story. And I know the point of this whole thing is to make money, but a lot of shows can make money and tell a good story. Can you think of another TV show that became so popular that it actually became more valuable to invest in the brand over the show? Seems like a problem that movie franchises run into, sure. not television. I mean, I can I mean, think of one. Every television show until the Golden Age did that. They pumped it and they pumped it and they pumped it and they spun it off until people were sick of it. And oh, then sure. They canceled yeah. it. Like they never like, hey, hey this is as. as uh, I mean, rarely it would the, a show would go out on top. But the the well, the, something where like the brand is bigger than 
is bigger than the show itself. Like Star Trek seems like a perfect example, mm-hmm. right? With Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Enterprise was a real shit show mm-hmm. that probably never should have been made. And they they made that show to sell more Star Trek stuff, to keep right. the brand relevant. Because, you know, Enterprise, or because Voyager did so well in that regard. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like there's like this pressure. It's like, well, there's been, you know, since we brought Star Trek back, there's always been a Star Trek. We can't not make a Star Trek. Um, and right. People are like, God damn, stop making Star Trek. Yeah, I I mean, I think there's there's other examples of this. Like, I think X-Files is a great example of a of a show that, I mean, if you're, uh, what, so what's the question do you think, Jim? Is there other shows that have outlived their usefulness or their dramatic possibilities or... Is there another show that's had this much? I mean, because that's the not thing. Like, that I watch. No, AMC's got a lot of eggs in this particular basket. And instead of carefully managing it and curating it and and treating it like you know this limited natural resource that it is, they've just been like fucking yeah. you know pulling it out of the ground as fast as they possibly can. And uh, and I mean, think about the typical run of television shows, live action television shows. Yeah. Season seven is when you start to go, this show may have outworn its welcome, or this is definitely the last season. Right. I can't think of a lot of shows that go more than seven ep- seven seasons. Yeah, good ones anyway. Sure. Right. And they typically have an end in mind. We are talking about not one, not two, but possibly seven more seasons of this. Mm-hmm. That's part of the problem. No, I, is I just mean, the idea that this is going to be the show that lasts forever for AMC and it's not going to happen when you when the way you get there is to drag it out. It seems like the best thing for them to do is to shut this thing down for a couple of years, let people build up enthusiasm, let Kirkman finish the comic book series Rework and it. then yeah. come back with The Walking Dead volume 2, recast everybody and start from scratch. Like, you know, let like let let At some point they might have let to. Fondness, let 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 absence be generate fondness in the fans. Right. Uh and I think that, you know, like, I don't know. That maybe This should have been a seven-season show to begin with. I think they should have just hammered through this plot and the... been like, let's make a show that's going to be so engaging and so huge that no one will be able to resist. Sure. And and just done it that way. The typical run of a TV show is only seven years. Let's fit it all into seven years and just blow people's minds. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been a, a thing to do. <laughs> but instead, they're dragging out the fourteen, twenty seasons. This show was talking never. About. It's this insane. show was never uh, a labor of love by the creators. It was always, you know, someone else's passion project. They got fucked yeah. over on, and you know, like it's it's a it's a strange, sad story. It'll be it'll make a hell of a tell all book one of these days. Oh man, like I would love Can't like somebody's going to write a book about like the true behind the scenes stories of the of the Walking Dead and go into all the Darabont stuff and all the like the it might be Darabont himself and like like Gimple like. Like he he, he 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 ten years from now when his NDAs expire, he tells yeah. a you know unauthorized oral history of The Walking Dead. I'd buy the shit out of that because I bet there's some real stories to be told. Yep. Uh, one final email, Mark M. sums it all up. This episode felt as out of place as a fist bump with a woman who's just spared your life. <laughs> I don't mind serialized stories; it can work to great effect, but this one fell well short. <laughs> that is as as properly put as possible yep you're too kind to this episode mark and this is a dunk truck full of dried up shit on Poured a rainy right day up your ass crack <laughs> now, yeah this is you being dragged through a dump truck full of dried by shit. the way 
Terra had five metric tons of sand wedged up her ass mm-hmm. and then proceeded with no shower, no change of pants to run a mini marathon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like her jeans should have been covered in blood. Like just, just from the, <laughs> just from the friction the chafing, and the abrasion. Yeah. It's like essentially taping two pieces of sandpaper to your thighs and then running. Like that's just not going to work, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I, you know, it. this thing is we've generated, like, we're at what, one hour and 41 minutes, and we're part of the problem. And that's, I guess, we got to yeah. do some soul searching about this because I don't know what right. to do. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, I still in like one way or another, invest- we are promotion. And, I, and, I, and I'm invested in certain aspects of it that are not really being properly served. Right. Uh, and it's, you know, like, I, yeah, I, it's it'd be so much easier just to wait until it's all on Netflix and just gun through it in a weekend, you know? Oh, right. Do right. a retroactive review. Right. Uh, well, I mean, we have to take, you know, this half season in its entirety and really figure out what we're going to do. So we got to wait a couple weeks before we even start to talk about this stuff. But, yeah, I was super, super disappointed with this episode. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, if you <laughs> want to send some feedback in that I will read, you can do it at walkingdead at baldmove.com. Uh, I'll go to the inbox, which is the only place you can get read on the show. If you just want to talk with uh, people on our forums, if you want to join the mosh pit. Yeah, of go to of, f- of dis of, of disquiet and ill content. Then pop on down the forums dot com with your novelty sunglasses on. Yeah, Eugene will meet you at the gate. Give him a fist bump. He'll let you ride in and tell you your friends are dead. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, uh, we'll be back for next week. And hopefully it's not a bummer like this one was. But uh, if it is, we'll tell it like it is. And with that said, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See you next week. <laughs>